Uh, Fourth of July weekend is just a couple of days away now. It is Drop the Subject. And of course, we are here with you again for the next four hours. We are very happy to be with you. And James Simmons is with me as well. Very happy that he is by my side. Theoretically, of course, we're still doing this on FaceTime. We we are. Isn't this the real world, though? I feel like every person I know is 2D. I, yeah, I don't it's true. We're very <laughs> right. disoriented. We talked about it yesterday. People are going to be disoriented when they have 3D in-person conversations now because they're like, you're reaching out to, oh, what are you doing? You know, right. uh, seeing people actually reach out and touch us is very strange feeling now. I also feel like the conversation in a restaurant over like the din of a loud room is so foreign to us now it that it's going to be like super uncomfortable when we go back to it. But like, I can't hear you. Like, oh. Yes, exactly. And we're going to feel so distracted because of all the other, like there's other people out there. They're sitting there. What are they doing? Where do they come <laughs> from? Do, are they on a date? What is happening? Like it's all on? so new and so real again to have these social interactions or to be out in public. But of course, they are saying not to do so. Um, we might get some announcements a little later in the show as far as some states that are continuing to roll back their reopening processes because let's face it, no one is doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is dun, washing dun, your hands dun. and wearing masks and not licking people's faces. I don't really know what they're doing, but... <laughs> We have an exciting show planned for you. We're going to celebrate a little bit. I know people are not feeling super patriotic this year, and rightly so. There's a lot uh, going on in the world, or a lot going on this year especially, and has been going on. It kind of calls to the... Uh, the history of how this nation was formed. So as a result, people not feeling super patriotic, but we are going to play a game a little later in the show that will give us a bit of a history lesson. What year is it? Is a game that we've played in the past. James is much better at it than I am. But we are going to do what year was it? Not with like movies and TV shows and how we normally do it or or big events. It's going to be things that happened landmarks in history mm. so those big historical dates like oh i don't know when the 13th amendment 13th amendment passed also what uh-huh. is the 13th amendment i mean things like that <laughs> you don't necessarily remember you're like wait which one was that and when did it get passed but it's important for us to look back on that stuff especially now it it is and it is important for us to think about those things in a patriotic sense because As per a conversation we had in the car whilst driving this past weekend, the whole like, why do the right wing conservative folks get to have the flag and be patriotic? Like, I I love America. (laughs) Like, I, I, I really do love my country. I wouldn't fight for the things that I fight for if I didn't. So why do you get to have the flag and be all patriotic? So this is another little way for us to also be patriotic. Yeah, take back our patriotism. That's a good point, James. Hey, we can celebrate and 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 we can you know, display our flag without shame. Maybe it's time to take back the American flag. I love it. Wait, yeah. I think that should be the new title of our show. Taking back Take the back flag. the Amer- We're taking back the flag. <laughs> I know us gays have a lot of flags already, but we're taking back the American one too. <laughs> right. We were, we we are not allowing you to keep the flag anymore we get to yeah yeah all right but not the confederate one you can have that one that one's Uh, yeah right now james (laughs) you have you've had animals your whole life right you i have animals okay oh yeah dogs and cats and yes in your years of animal ownership have you ever celebrated 
a dog birthday or a cat birthday, hamster birthday, bunny birthday, any, have you ever celebrated one of your domesticated animals birthdays? I'm probably the wrong person to ask this question to because I personally am not a big birthday person anyway. Like I don't really love celebrating my own birthday and I really have to be very pointed and very specific about celebrating Chris's birthday (laughs) because I know that like these things are important to most people, but they're not really to me. So I have to like really rev myself up to like, you know, make his birthday special. So no, I'm, I know my pet's birthdays always, always have. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's your birthday. Here's like four bites of my steak. And then that's about it. (laughs) See, now that's a good birthday for a dog. Four bites of steak. It's not like they're, they're, you know, half the girls that I know who celebrate their birthday all month long. A dog does not even know what a birthday is and doesn't know that it's its birthday. And it's just a day where you got steak. And to also just fall asleep knowing I might get more steak tomorrow. That's (laughs) just a good day for a dog. But (laughs) my question for you is, so the reason I bring this up is because Uh it is apparently my my cat's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. I will let her know. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god tell her i said happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> okay, so i woke up this morning i was getting ready for the show and whatnot and my wife walks in the room and goes by the way it's callie's birthday today and i looked at her i looked at the cat who was just sitting on my lap and she looked up at me and i was like uh happy birthday but it's also, <laughs> and I'm like walking around going, am I supposed to be, you know, like she's asking for food and I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. I'll pour this food in here or I don't know what to do. And it's, it's, I have a couple of things with this. Number one, how do you know your animal's exact birthday? Like, I think we just picked this day out of a hat and we're like, cause we got her. Most people get their animals or acquire their animals at a later date. It's not the day they were born. So, right. Right. And, and I don't know about you, but the shelters I've been to, they're just like, Oh, she's five weeks old. Oh, she's three months old. It's not like she was born on July 29th at five forty-three AM. <laughs> right. You know, so how do you really know what the animal's birthday is? First of all, second of all, totally the animal doesn't care about their birthday, but Am I supposed to do something, especially because this one is a double digits? This is the big tenor. Oh, I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, it's sort of like, so 10, it's like she's like turning. What is that in cat? What are cat years? She's 60 now. 70. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, that's a big one. Like it's Mm. uh, you're kind of leaving her hanging. It's like she's looking at her phone and the three dots are there and she's waiting (laughs) for you to send the birthday message, Allie, and you haven't sent it. And this is a landmark birthday. And so, yeah, send with confetti. I must. All right. I will brainstorm ways to do right by my cat today because it is her 10th birthday. She's a decade old or seven decades old. If you count it in human years, we'll be back with more. Drop the subject. Karen, the meme is changing and I don't know if it's changing for the better. We'll get to that next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie Johnson and James Simmons. One listener writing into us on direct message at DTS show on Instagram saying, I go all out for my cat's birthday. I even get my cat and my dog a cake on their birthdays, respectively. I think that get, I mean, if you're a dog getting a cake, that's a pretty great day. But again, they're not going to understand that it is their birthday and which I guess if you forget their birthday, there's really no problem there. Yes, they will remember. 
Allie. They'll be like, um, <laughs> last year you got me the vanilla cake with the chocolate frosting, where I specifically asked for the chocolate cake with vanilla frosting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know, wanted so, a catnip cake, you douche. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is not how this is going to work this year. Yeah. My cat was walking around like, hey, is it any any kind of special day? <laughs> no? Right. Did you just um, a Wednesday to you just happen to remember what day it is? I don't. Did you send out the Zoom link already for my virtual birthday party? Because <laughs> because we were all having tuna and you have not showed up and you haven't yeah, sent it out yet. Um, let's talk about Karen's because we've talked about them many times on the show before. We did a Karen's Gone Wild commercial on Monday. We always will share a story about a Karen going wild. But it seems to be taking a really weird, I mean, it's not weird, but it's taking a turn. The Karen meme was originally, it was originally just, it was very specific. It was a woman, theoretically, with a bob haircut, probably in Akron, Ohio, very obnoxious, entitled woman who, as soon as they forget her guacamole at Chipotle, she's going to ask for the manager and throw a, a, a tantrum. Now, that has sort of morphed over the coming months, uh, over the previous few months, mm-hmm. to be any racist white woman. <laughs> And right. what and is going on with that? Because I now I feel I've, I've talked to a couple of Karens that I know personally, and they didn't like the meme or the stigma around Karens to begin with. Now it has turned into like they were there was a husband and wife that were making the rounds on Twitter because they were standing outside their houses with an AK-47 and a like they were w- standing outside their house with a gun while protesters were walking by and they were called the Ken and the Karen. And it was like, okay, so any crazy right-wing gun-wielding white woman is now a Karen and is sh- shouldn't we m- maybe move away from that for several reasons? <laughs> well, yeah, it's... I think and you know, I, I, of course, go back to like the psychology and the medical part of this, because this is what I do. And this, I think about how we as humans really like to categorize things and like to put people into boxes. And so it's much easier to for us to sort of describe human behavior with like a word or a phrase. And so a lot of people just want to be like, oh, she's being a Karen. But to, um, I think the first really intelligent thing that Jesse has maybe ever said since I started working with y'all, Jesse oh. said... When calling people, all of these women, Karen, it takes away the individual accountability for their actions. And so, yes, yes, Karen being like, "Um, can I speak with your manager, please? Because, you know, I got the coupon for 12% off and this is only 11% off. Like that is categorically different than the woman in New York, let's say, who was going to call the police on purpose on a black man because she knew there would probably be a poor outcome, right? It's very, very different than the super racist white ladies who are like Trump supporters and are screaming all lives matters while not wearing a mask in the middle of a crowded grocery store. Like that to me is very different than the woman who's who's going to call the manager, except what it does also make me think, Allie, is that is the woman who was going to call the manager now in this new world that we're living in with COVID and the great white awakening 
<laughs> to racial <laughs> injustices. The Great White Awakening. <laughs> yes. Is that uh, what the people are calling it? That's what I've coined it. I coined I mean, the, that's the, the great. great White Awakening last week. Like everyone's like, oh my Whoa. God, the system is racist. Racism. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> knew that for a long time, white folks. Thanks. So the Great White Awakening is was Karen who was in Chipotle arguing about her 12% off. Is she actually the woman who's now going crazy just because society's gone crazy? Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. Is the inner Karen, the really the very soul of the Karen, this crazy white ring racist woman who has just been laying in wait and taking out her like it's started off with little Chipotle microaggressions and now it's like, uh-huh. all right, let me get out my pistol. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. Or right. is the inner Karen, the really heart of the inner Karen, just a woman who's slightly ignorant and uses the wrong terminology and calls a person like calls a, a, a say their neighbor from Japan an Oriental woman. Is right. that is that the Karen meme or because I, I don't know if we should use I don't think we should be associating the Karen meme with every racist woman or every woman who is going to throw a damn fit in a Walmart for not wearing a mask. Right. I, I think I'm there. I'm with you there, too. There also is something about not right. We shouldn't just overly generalize people anyway. Right. So all white women who are Uh acting a fool and then trending on Twitter are not all white women acting a fool. They're not all the same, right? Right. They're they're just not all the same person. And so just saying everyone is Karen. uh, I'm with that. I'm with that. I also, I feel like Karen is never going to be used for any baby name ever again. Oh yeah. That is going to go down, down, (laughs) down. In flames. We were thinking of Karen. No. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop a subject, Allie Johnson, James Simmons, and all Karens are welcome because we give everyone a voice and we also will accept anybody's ears. You can always interact with us at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. And let's face it, right now it's a little tough to find positive news in the U.S. You don't have to look far to see... Uh, the numbers are, the the cases have spiked. They're the most cases in a day we've ever seen in our lives. And, you know, the protests going on and and quarantine and just so much has been happening in 2020. Right, James? Donald J. Trump. Ah, Right. I forgot about that part. Oh, there's that guy. Uh Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a line. It's an election year. I mean, you scroll the news of what's going on in our country and it's very tough. Even on the Good News Network, they're like, it's just a big shrug emoji. They're like, no, I don't know. <laughs> they're like, meh, you had breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You, some like, of you still have good. a job. I mean, there's right? just, it's, I... it's tough. So yeah. we figured we would lighten the mood by seeing what news is going on in other countries. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a new segment we like to call News from Abroad. <laughs> Yes, Wait, we will take abroad a look. See- or abroad? <laughs> Hi, things are st- <laughs> things are still horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, things I will be better in sp- two shakes of a lamb's tail. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do the rest of this segment like that, Allie. I don't know why I just thought of that. <laughs> 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 News from. 
abroad. Uh, things are sure to get better. Sure as two dimes makes a nickel. I don't even know. <laughs> All right. Well, this is news from abroad. Not news from abroad, but that is a great new segment idea that I'm sure we'll do tomorrow. Right. Um, all right. This, this story comes to you from the city of Ottawa, because let's see what's going on in Canada. It might possibly be better than what's going on in the U.S. If you look at some of the biggest headlines in Ottawa, this is what I was able to find. Man spots his long lost ice skate hanging from a signpost. Take a listen. I was going through my stuff in my basement and I found an old skate that I had lost, I think, seven years ago. But I'd held on to the one skate because I always thought maybe it was in my house or, you know, maybe maybe it would show up. And I couldn't bring myself seven to throw years? it Seven years? Because it was brand new. <laughs> Okay, so this, the title of this, this is CBC Ottawa. So this is a pretty big news. Yeah, it's like they're big. It's like the BBC of the UK. It's CBC, yeah. So this is, this is one of their big stories. And the title of the article is called My Left Skate. We used it two or three times. And so I decided that I was going to throw it away. I guess I was holding out hope that maybe I'd put it in a box somewhere or, you know, maybe maybe it was just uh, just lost in another bag. What I was really afraid of was the day I throw this out, I'll find the other one. Okay, so this is several minutes long, this, this new segment. <laughs> but it just keeps go, going. At, so at seven much detail. Years? <laughs> so for seven years, you were like, well, the day I throw this out, I'm going to find the other skate. No, that's what you say for the first, like, maybe few weeks. <laughs> and then you're after a while, you're like, well, my best, I better go get some new skates. Yeah, but it's also Canada. And this skate is one of those traditional ice hockey skates. So, you know, he's going to be like, anyone see my skate? And they're like, no, but you can't get rid of it. Don't get rid of that skate. Don't don't you know, get rid of it. Because no. as soon as you get rid of it, that's when you'll find the next one. You betcha. So I could never get rid of it. And later that day, as I was driving down the highway, down the 105 in Chelsea, I saw the, uh, a skate that looked very similar hanging from a sign. And I said to my son, hey, we should turn around. So this is, this is a, a, a Homer Iliad journey that we are taking <laughs> in Canada. If you look at what's going on in the U.S., I mean, it's, it's all bad news. But in Ottawa... The lead story is finding a new, finding a, a skate, skate that you've lost for seven. And for whatever reason, I just couldn't ignore the impulse, so I did. I turned around and I went back and picked it up, and lo and behold, it was a right skate, the same size, uh, with the same amount of wear and tear on it. I think I probably lost the skate at the community center, <laughs> and somebody else. Had, <laughs> so what? this is not even halfway through. <laughs> Right, he's We've already still telling reached the story. The end of the story, which is him finding the skate. The, the story is that his left his or his right skate was hanging from a signpost and he has been reunited with his skate. This is a bigger story than someone who's reunited with their cat after ten years. You know, those uh-huh. stories where it's like, man and his pet donkey are reunited in the jungle or whatever it is. This is at least five minutes of some random guy in a blue sh- collared shirt standing outside talking about his journey of being reunited with his skate. With his size 10D Reebok ice skate, like very, very specific. And it is important that we have those details in this story, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> and he found it wow. and thought maybe they know somebody who, who lost this skate or, you know, maybe at some point, maybe the 
the lost and found was closed. So they brought it home, and then at some point it probably ended up in their basement or in their closet. Was this guy at a party talking about this, and someone was like, now that's a good story. Get on uh, right. that. <laughs> we got to get right. the news I, team in here. I feel like even in Canada, they're like, we, we have to have some good news. Someone please give us something. <laughs> He's like, well, I, I found my skate seven years later. <laughs> And there it was. Can't believe it. Uh, so there you go. That's your news from abroad. That's what's going on in the in uh, in other countries. That's what's going on a little farther north from here. Um, now that we've had our fun, let's drop the president next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. Allie Johnson and James Simmons. Now that we've had a little bit of fun with our, our news from abroad segment, not news from abroad, news from abroad. From abroad. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about what's going on in the old United States of America. See? It is because see what's important is that we get the dumbass that is sitting in the Oval Office right now out of that office. This is drop the president. Drop the president. Course, we haven't really given much of an update because Joe Biden did clinch the nomination. He's got over, I think he's got 2,100 delegates now, but there are still primaries going on. There are several states that still have to vote. And which states are those, James? Because I know there's a handful until August. I know a lot of this stuff has been delayed, but I'm not sure exactly where we're at. Delaware? Yeah, his home. Yeah, Biden's home state of Delaware uh, and New Jersey both uh, have their primaries on July 7th. So coming up next week and then uh, Louisiana after that. July 11th, where there has been in the past some pretty controversial uh, voter suppression issues going on there. So it'll be interesting to sort of see how that plays out. Um, Puerto Rico also has a primary July 12th, the following day. Remember, folks, their votes do count. And then finally, Connecticut, who I suppose if you were like, what state goes last? Would you have ever picked Connecticut? I don't know why. But there's <laughs> my guess is that this was a delay because of uh, coronavirus. I can't confirm that, but their primary is actually just a week before the Democratic National Convention, which will be mostly virtual. Their primary is on August 11th. Interesting. And then yesterday we got some news coming out of Kentucky because Kentucky had their Democratic Senate nomination uh, or they had a, um, a Democratic primary. And there was the, and there are these two names that I, I'm not super familiar with, but they're important and I'll explain why. So Amy McGrath was up for a Democratic Senate seat, and she was going up against uh, Representative Charles Booker, who he has been very active in the Black Lives Matter movement. He's a very young black lawmaker, and he's gained a lot of popularity in, in response to George Floyd and the protests that have been going on. Also, Kentucky is where Breonna Taylor's, um, the Breonna Taylor incident happened, so he, Amy McGrath was supposed to really clinch it very easily, but Charles Booker surged in popularity in the last couple of months, got some really high profile endorsements, and it ended up being one of the closest races in that state. Amy McGrath still took it by a very narrow margin, and she is a retired Marine fighter, uh, fighter pilot. I looked at her and kind of assumed that she was a lesbian, but that is not confirmed. I was like, oh, great, a lesbian got a lesbian. Oh, no, I don't, I don't really know oh. that. I'm just kind of making those <laughs> decisions. So anyway. Probably um, but what's what, no, definitely shouldn't. But either one, it was, if, whether it was Amy McGrath or Charles Booker, either one of them would have they would have faced um, Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell is the Senate, uh, the Senate majority leader right now. So 
Either way, it would have been great history seeing a retired Marine fighter pilot woman named Amy McGrath or a very young, I mean, I think record-breakingly young black lawmaker face Mitch McConnell. So either, either result would have been very interesting. So in November, Amy McGrath will face off with Mitch McConnell, and who knows, maybe she will win it, and then we could get that guy the hell out of office. Because he's he's so, he's basically Trump's bulldog uh, and yeah. in the Senate and is able to, or, or House, sorry, and he's able to just like completely do what he wants at will and cause the, you know, these required everyone to come back to vote on a, on a SCOTUS nomination and, or I'm not even uh district court uh, appellate court nominations in the middle of a global pandemic. Like he just does these horrible, awful things. And the guy's been there for too long and he absolutely needs to go. Yeah. So, and then we'll close it out with some things that Biden's been asked recently. Uh, the Biden <laughs> camp is very busy as well. And uh, they are, they still have not made a VP pick, which now it, at this time, it'd probably be the next few weeks that those decisions would be made. But he said he will not make a decision until August. But he was also asked by a Fox News reporter about, uh, well, why don't you just play the clip, James? <laughs> are subject to some degree of cognitive decline. I'm 65. I don't have word recollection that I used to have. I forget my train of thought from time to time. You got 12 years on me, sir. Are, have you been tested for some degree of cognitive decline? I've been testing and I'm constantly testing. Look, all, you, all I got to do is watch me and I can hardly wait to compare my cognitive capability to the cognitive capability of the man <laughs> I'm running against. Thank you. No, you almost got through it. <laughs> oh, Uncle Joe. I mean, he went sort of Trumpy on it for a minute. He was like, I've, I've been tested. I've I'm been constantly tested. tested. I'm tested more than anyone's <laughs> ever been tested ever. And I, I mean, he, he, he will, he's 77 if he is elected president and will be 81 at the end of his first term. So I think Allie, you know, you mentioned VP picks. I think that VP pick could be more important than ever. Yeah, she's really got. A, she she's going to be a she. I would. I, I I think he has confirmed that, and she probably should be pretty young too. But even if Joe Biden is sitting there in adult diapers, wetting himself in the Oval Office, I will take that over what we currently have. Here, 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 here. Do you agree, Broad? Yes, I do. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Ali and James. We are. Approaching very soon the 244th birthday of America. And the Botox really works, doesn't it? <laughs> right? Actually, I don't know if the Botox is working. Actually, right. We might not look super great right now. Actually, <laughs> you know, They're sometimes like, you're 244. Just... You look like you're half a century old. Right. You look at least 517. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, America is not eating bee pollen and doing the cleanses that they should be doing. Right. But you need a little better self care. Yes, America definitely needs to get one of those self-care subscription boxes, like those Yogi boxes. <laughs> totally. Just jump on the trends, America, because you need them. Now, 
it is, uh, you know, we talked earlier in the show about how people aren't feeling as patriotic this year, but it doesn't mean that you can't get out of town for a little R&R, which a lot of people absolutely need right now. There, there are either people who are on a huge extended vacations that they didn't plan for because they've been <laughs> furloughed or whatever, or they right. are working like crazy and have not had a day off since all of this started. So what are people doing? What, where are people going? You know, in, the, in these times of COVID, I feel like I never know what's going on. I'm like, what is everyone doing? Like I was, I was walking <laughs> on my street yesterday and all the cars were gone. I was like, okay, so everyone's gone already? Where, are they, where did they go? Like, wh- oh, and it wasn't street cleaning? No, it's just there's nobody here. <laughs> and I'm like, uh. okay, so everyone is gone, but where have they gone? Have they gone to families' houses? Have they gone to, uh, you know, Big Bear like you were going? Have they actually flown somewhere? We all know that we can't fly to the European Union right now. Nope. So well, let's talk about some of the travel trends for Fourth of July weekend, because I'm honestly curious to see what the hell people are doing, where they're going and where they feel safe. Well, you bring up Big Bear uh, and places like that are very similar to what a lot of people are doing. So, you know, Airbnb has since they've been around for a while. So they're, they, you know, they're sort of like the travel expert, if you will. And they sort of do this every year around the holidays, around the 4th of July. They they release these lists of like travel trends and their data that they're seeing. And their data is is not overwhelmingly surprising for most of us, you you see that they're saying that people are booking properties that are allowing them to both enjoy themselves and, of course, maintain physical distancing. In particular, they are rural. So R-U-R-A-L. I can never say that word. Rural. <laughs> rural. rural. It's like digital. Rural bookings are outpacing urban bookings, which you think would make sense, right? So like cabins, uh, uh Islands and barns, apparently. Barns. I didn't, I didn't know you could get a barn on Air, an Airbnb. No, barn. okay. You know what? You get married in barns. You stay overnight <laughs> in cabins. In cabins and boutique hotels, chalets, etc. So all of these things, just like we did in Big Bear, we literally went from one house to another in Big Bear. That was it. We just needed like different scenery. But it was really great and very refreshing. So people are doing this, and they're doing it all over the country. So um, coastal lake, lots of mountain locations, of course, um, like coastal New Hampshire, the Berkshires, and um, like the Blue Ridge Mountains, which I guess are a really, really popular destination. Yeah, I guess in Georgia, the Blue Ridge Mountains are getting a huge surge in popularity. And another thing that I've seen is most people, the majority of people who are booking these vacations for the 4th of July are are finding locations that are within 300 miles of where they live. So what most people are doing is like, say you and me living in our respective cities, we're like, okay, got to get away for the weekend. Where are we going to go? That's not too far. That would, that wouldn't be like max six hours driving. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to stay for an extended period of time, eight hours of driving, because I'm not flying right now. But where are we going to go that we haven't been before? Mm, what about Palm Beach? What about uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains in Georgia, if you live in Georgia even, or you live in that area? So you're that just area, trying yeah. to find almost like an extended staycation, just expanding that radius slightly to make sure you're still within reach, especially because if we do end up if these cases continue to, spy, uh, to skyrocket, 
and they do another lockdown, you don't want to be stuck anywhere. You don't want to be in the Blue Ridge Mountains when you live in California being like, great, now what? Right, like how do I get home? Or have to right deal with the madness of flying, even though some airlines like American are seating all of their seats, by the way. They're yeah, filling their, which is their airlines BS. to capacity. No, I, I don't I don't think it's a good thing at all. And I you know, I will say from like I, the health standpoint of this travel and lots of travel that we know is gonna happen this weekend, because listen, everybody did it in Memorial Day and people are doing it now. You there are some things that you can do to make these travel things work so much better for you and still be safe. So that strap, I literally have hand sanitizer on a carabiner that I that I lock on my belt. <laughs> you do? You have you, a carabiner? Just so you have it around <laughs> That's just, it's all so the time. So lesbian of you. I know, isn't it? So thank you. I I used to have a lesbian card back in the day. So, I you know, I stra- or just keep it in your pocket, whatever. Have hand sanitizer everywhere because the thing is when you touch stuff and we know that it doesn't transmit very easily from surfaces, but you're going to touch your eyes and your face and your mouth and your nose. So, just use the hand sanitizer. Find a bunch of really comfortable masks. You know, so many people are like it's suffocating me. If you have like pathological claustrophobia, I get it. Otherwise, it's just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But there's different types of masks. So just experiment with them. F- find a mask that you can breathe in and then you can keep it on for longer periods of time. And then time under influence or time under exposure is a really big key. So if you do find yourself when you're doing these travelings, just like in a large area of people, just move out of that area as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah, run, run, <laughs> go to a different cabin. Um, cabin in the Woods is no longer a horror movie. It is a, tra- a needed and a desired destination. So head to a cabin and stay there. Don't go anywhere. Be safe. And we will be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. We can back to drop the subject. I'm not sure if you heard it. It's a coronavirus. But uh, we're going to talk about it right now, and I promise you I will not do... I don't know why. I was going to do English, but then I switched to Australian right at the end there. Oh, was that what that was? No, that's what that that was supposed to be. I thought it was a British version having a stroke. (laughs) You know, we talked about this last (laughs) week. Coronavirus, I can't can't see out of my left eye. Last week we talked about this with Shar. I tried to do voices multiple times and they were just horrible. And I was like, oh, nope, God. I don't. We leave the voices to your Allie Johnson. My goodness. Oh, no. Um, listen, we've though, got Broad. We... Broad is a character that has been introduced on the show today. And now we have Bloke, thanks to you. And, so, and the Broad and Bloke Show. Bloke, bl- the Broad and Bloke <laughs> Show. Yeah. Uh, what listen. do you think of wearing a mask, Bloke? <laughs> bloke? Well, it, very good, Broad. <clears throat> you know, I, I think wearing a mask is a really great idea. No. It's like, we're gonna get fired all right listen coronavirus is a big deal obviously we get this wearing masks has turned into a political issue and it's part of the reason that we are in the struggle that we are in right now more than 2.6 million cases in the united states alone more than 127,000 deaths we keep setting a record for the amount of new cases uh, per day in the last few days. This is getting worse. States are rolling back their their reopenings. And all of this because we just can't seem to get behind as a nation, as a country, wearing masks and physically distancing. And uh, what I think is really interesting is that because this has been such a kind of partisan issue, if you will, there are actually some Republican and pretty conservative Republican leaders who have all come out and 
really said, we have to stop making this a political issue and we have to start wearing our masks, including Lamar Alexander, uh, the longtime serving um, senator from Tennessee. People wear masks because CDC has said, quote, simple cloth coverings slow the spread of the virus and help people who may have the virus and do not know it from transmitting it to others. Unfortunately, this simple life-saving practice has become part of the political debate that says this, if you're for Trump, you don't wear a mask. If you're against Trump, you do. That's why I've suggested that the president occasionally wear a mask, even though in most cases it's not necessary for him to do so. The president has plenty of admirers. They would follow his lead. It would help end this political debate. The stakes are too high for this political debate about pro-Trump, anti-Trump mask to continue. Pretty interesting take Very, from yeah. one of the more conservative members of, of the Senate from Tennessee, which is a state that does not mandate, if my knowledge serves me correct, at this point in time, although it changes often, does not mandate mask wearing um, at this time. And I, I, Ali, I do, I think, honestly, I feel like if Donald Trump wore a mask. It would change a lot. It would change a lot. Yeah. I yeah. Think it would and. And th- and what we need is more people like this standing up and saying, hey, either the president needs to wear a mask or, hi, I am a Republican and I choose to wear a mask. And there are some some people that are stepping up. I mean, I know Mitch McConnell's not the greatest guy in the world, but he has said we must have no stigma, none about wearing masks when we leave our homes and come near other people. Wearing simple face coverings is not about protecting ourselves. It's about protecting everyone we encounter. Uh, Sean Hannity on Fox News also said that he uh, he highly recommended people wearing masks, even though he did not call out the president for not wearing one. And then another guy, Steve Ducey, which is an unfortunate last name. <laughs> Amazing name. Fox, Mr. Deuce on Fox and Friends. He said that Trump wearing a mask would be a powerful symbol and that he doesn't see any downside to the president wearing one in public. He also said um, that, hold on, I've got another quote that he said here. Oh, he said MAGA should now stand for masks are great again. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> Masks are greatest. Stop it. That's that's horrible. Well, Donald Trump did actually come out and say earlier this month, you know, in the Wall Street Journal, he said that people are wearing masks simply to show that they disapprove of him. Like Donald oh. Trump has actually gone the other direction and turned this into a partisan issue. And so, but here's the thing: as someone who is so like like my my diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder if he were to start wearing masks he would take the power away from the people he thinks are wearing masks to slight him so if you're wearing a mask because you're anti-donald trump if donald trump starts wearing a mask then it like wearing your mask has no power so he could just start wearing a mask and then he he would think he's sticking it to the people who don't like him when really he would be encouraging the 33 percent of the country who stand by him no matter what to start wearing their GD masks. Right. It's like taking back a derogatory word. Yeah. Like owning queer, for instance, yeah, or something exactly. like that. Right. Like, yeah. And it, it's it's such a simple, and you people are like, well, masks don't work 100% of the time. They don't. You're right. No we one is saying any, that they do. It doesn't no matter. No one's saying that they do. Right. No one, we don't have anything that works 100% of the time against anything. Medicine is an art. 
very much more an art than a science. And so we do the things with the tools and the resources that we know that we have. And yet people, well, you didn't tell me to wear a mask in February and whatever. You're right. But things change. The science has changed. The information has changed. And we have very, very well-documented proof that wearing masks in most situations decreases the likelihood that you will transmit it to someone else or that someone else will transmit it to you. It's really that simple. Gosh, why you put me in a bad mood for my birth, my cat's birthday? <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. It's that time, News It or Lose It time. Yes, I have three headlines in front of me, James. You have three decisions to make. You news or lose the stories that you want to hear more about. Uh, Well, you news the ones you want to hear about. You lose the ones you don't. That's how this works. It is up to you. Are you ready? Jem, Simmons Nurse Practitioner. Thank you very much. Oh, that one was much. That's my best binger, banger, dinger, clanger in a long time. That was great. Was it good for you? It was. It was. Excellent for me. Nice. Okay, here's your first headline. Science says that sleeping while camping is good for you. <laughs> uh, well, it's need- camp, camp sleep, not just sleeping while camping. I, okay, I'm using this only because I want to know what they think is diff- the difference between camp sleep and non-camp sleep. <laughs> okay. Headline number two. Underwater tourism is on the rise and could be the travel trend of 2025. (laughs) (laughs) Of 2025? I'm just throwing out a number there. (laughs) I think that it's going to be a big thing in the near future. I'm going to make you talk about underwater travel. Okay, thank you. And then finally, headline number three, Gone with the Wind's only surviving star, Olivia de Havilland, turns 104 years old. Yes, the broad has to talk about Olivia de Havilland. Ah, oh, all right. Well, my good friend Olivia is turning 104 years old today. Uh, she's a two-time Oscar winner. She famously played Melanie Wilkes in Gone with the Wind. She lives in Paris. She's the last surviving principal cast member of Gone with the Wind. I feel like if we asked her whether this movie should be banned or not from HBO Max, her answer would be, What? <laughs> I, I didn't hear you. <laughs> Gone with hey, what? <laughs> apparently, she's still a boss. Like she's still she? like 104 and like doing things. Like like go out and about. Well, not no one's out and about now. But you know, like living her living her best life. Apparently. Well, I'm looking at a picture of her, and she doesn't look a day over 80. Oh, good for her. I mean, she looks pretty good. She's got a nice sweater on and some pearls, and she's got. I mean, she looks. Altogether, pretty with it, and I would imagine once you're 104 years old, you get what you want whenever you want, right? I, I mean, if you're like, I want a pack of cigarettes and a pack of bacon, they're like, great, here you go, lady. Well, maybe that's exactly what happens because she lives in Paris. Like the, you know, their secret there is she has like one baguette, one slice of bacon, and one cigarette a day. And all day. She's gotten right. to 104, and she's like, I give it all to the River Seine. Anyway, okay, so moving on to underwater vacations. Uh, The future of travel is underwater, according to some. 
Underwater tourism is opening the ocean up to travelers, offering them the chance to see the marine world that covers 70% of our planet. Because after all, us humans have, wor- have we've ruined plenty of land. Why aren't we ruining more water? <laughs> Let's do more. Oh, I think we've ruined plenty of water along okay. <laughs> the way. We just don't see it, right? Uh, go ask the Great Coral Reef, which is now like 30% of what it used to be. And she, I'm sure she would have some issue with this. Yes, Great Coral Reef would definitely have an issue. But... Um, underwater tourism, it says, is opening up the ocean to travelers. High-profile openings such as the world's first underwater hotel in the Maldives opened in 2018. Then you had your first underwater restaurant in Norway in 2019. And the hot new trend of underwater art galleries is taking off as well. And it's just going to keep going from there. They said it's hardly a new concept, but as we try and find safer places to travel, why don't we go under the sea? Under the sea, darling, it's better. Down where it's wetter, take it from me. I'm, I'm not sure, sure that Sebastian safer. would be like, get the hell out of my ocean. <laughs> right, like, can you guys, you guys ruined the 30% up there. Can you not ruin the 70% of the rest of the world? Although here's the thing. It's not like you're looking at art walls whilst floating in water. You go underwater into a secure facility, which I'm sure has zero real air ventilation. So I almost feel like this is a less safe environment, right? You mm, go into a bubble right. under the water where you're just recirculating COVID air over and over again. like no. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a great idea. I think we should just go old school with it. If you're going to be underwater, it's only going to be in a shark cage with like meat attached to the bars. <laughs> right. It's just like survive. <laughs> yes. Have you ever had dinner with sharks in a cage? I have. I have, right? Okay. So sleeping... Camp sleep, not just bed sleep, camp sleep, apparently is very good for you. I went camping over the weekend. We found out that the one air mattress we brought with us is the one air mattress that has a giant hole in it. So we ended up sleeping on the ground, not sleeping very well, but apparently that doesn't matter. Fresh air gives you a fresh brain. Carbon dioxide levels outdoors are generally in the 400 parts per million range, which is about a third of what of what it uh, a about a third of what is in a stuffy room. So people who sleep in a bedroom have lower levels of CO2 rather than, I don't know what any of this means. I'm sure you do, but it's better to be outside. And Uh then it also reboots your internal clock. When you go on a camping trip, you, it kind of resets everything and it's better for your brain and limiting the screens time actually always means you get better sleep and nature is always the best noise machine, according to some. Ain't she though? I, I mean, that's, that is the best except for the coyotes. Howling yeah, the, the rustling bears. Yeah, right. overturning your vehicle <laughs> at 3 a.m. and they're yeah. and you're like ah. Oh, great! Or that dreaded I have to go to the bathroom and it's outside and I might um, get eaten alive. Like that kind of fear, it does reset your brain. Uh huh. Sure does. Yeah. All right. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. Returns after this. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. James still has a, a sleeve, not a not a cool tattoo sleeve, but a sleeve of missing skin after an accident in Whoa. Big Bear over the weekend. He's got chunks of his skin gone because he was on an alpine tube going down in a little cart that f- had a brake failure and he cut too, too quickly around one curve and ended up getting road rash all over his arm. It's pretty, uh, quote, gnarly. If you want to look at it on our uh, on our 
Instagram at DTS show. We also posed a question for you. Do you think you can top his injury story? Cause I carted too fast down an Alpine tube is, is, it's not a bad injury story. It's definitely no. better than just a, I fell over drunk. And I mean, you have some great injury stories that are drunk related as well. This one was not drunk though. I've never had too much to drink or been drunk Allie. Really? I'm, I'm not because sure I, I swear exactly just a few weeks ago about. you talked yeah. about how, no. what was the one you were trying to hang I from think, something? <laughs> I think you misheard me um, oh. during that entire segment. Yeah, this is never, and then what is alcohol? Mm. Okay. I, yeah, uh-huh. Well, you know what? This is very, you realize there are receipts involved in this, James. You've been on, we have podcasts that you the, recorded the your angels in the background? Uh, (laughs) I hear them. Okay, so some people have responded with their injury stories. And here's a great one from our friend Nurse Emma. Oh, yay. Yeah, who has been on the show before. And she's she's great. Emma Lemelou on Instagram, if you want to give her a follow. She's always a good time. She said, I decided to mountain bike. I started to wreck. And the advice that uh, of don't throw out your arms when you wreck or you'll break your arms somehow went through my brain and turned into hold on to your heavy bike as you flip over and over. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, can't you see Emma saying this, by the way, yes. like her telling this story is probably hysterical. Yeah. So she's got her arms wrapped around her bike. She said, you won't break your arms that way. You will, however, be beaten half to death by your bike. <laughs> She said, my mountain biking phase did not last long. On the bright side, the fact that I finished the ride with chunks of skin missing and covered in blood did make my hubby's friends consider me quite a badass. Nice. Oh, that's great. I love how in a matter of three sentences, she has me in tears. Yes. She's talking about her bike beating the crap out of her. It's totally true. Oh, that's great. Bike accidents are not a good time. I mean, it rarely ends well. Uh, I had a bad bicycle accident when I when I when I got to LA. It was one of the worst years of my life. I spent money on a not a new car, but I spent money on a I spent like ten grand on a car. It's the first time I actually spent money on a car. I was like, I got I've got a great car. You know, it's got great gas mileage. Blah blah blah. Two weeks later, I totaled it, and then. I had to, and I was jobless. I finally got a job, but I had no way to get to the job. So I started bicycling to the job. And then I was biking to to West Hollywood after they overturned Prop 8. I decided to wear my flip-flops for that bike ride, went over a speed bump, my foot slipped, got jammed into the front spokes of the tire. <gasps> I flipped over the bike, landed oh. on my shoulder, and then put my hand out to catch my fall is where I fractured my elbow. This was three days before I was supposed to go on a trip <laughs> to Mexico with my sister and my mom. So even actually as Yikes. I speak these sentences, I have Facebook memories from seven years ago of me sitting on a lawn chair in Mexico <laughs> next to my super attractive sister with a giant cast on going like, eh. but it will help you relax because you literally can't do anything. Right. Um, yeah. But anyway, we've got one more just to share with you. Uh, injury stories from you guys at DTS show. You can continue to send them to us. So, uh, this is Caroline Marie 91 said I was on I was rocking back and forth on a tall chair when I was four years old fell smacked my chin on the floor and bit through my own bottom lip oh. still have a scar on the inside and the outside of my lip oh man that is rough my, that happened to my mom biting through she she 
it was a car accident, but she basically bit onto her bottom lip and bit through her butt. Oh, through okay. the lip, right? Oh, Bill, I think Chris uh, Chris had a very classic one where he fell and hit the corner of a like a stone fireplace and like <gasps> completely like like lacer- lacerated his head like wide open, like <gasps> multiple stitches. Still has a big scar on his head. Yeah. It's, Awesome. Oh, no. All right. Well, keep them coming. I don't know why we still want to hear these stories, but we do. Uh, it's more of a curiosity. And Jason Carter joins us next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Uh-huh. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. It's Wednesday, and we are talking to our friend Jason Carter a little early this week. Uh, I'm Allie Johnson here with Dr. James Simmons, nurse practitioner. And Jason Carter can be seen on RuPaul's Drag Race, CNN, The Young Turks, Entertainment Weekly, all kinds of different places. Jason, it is time for you to school us on what is going on in the entertainment industry. It's good to see you. It's good to see you guys, too. And congratulations, Dr. James Simmons, uh, such a <laughs> has such a nice ring to it. Wow, you are like a new man, but really not. You've always been amazing. Um, congratulations again on everything you've accomplished recently, guys. Yes, this week it's early and a lot of drama has happened, but let's start with something very positive because Colin Kaepernick, we love we love Cap, right? Cap Yay. to me and for millions of people of color, he really kind of spearheaded the movement to call to light and visibility, racial injustice and police brutality in America. It's been a thing for years, but he is someone who has really turned it on its head. And now he's getting his flowers and his kudos by another wonderful and amazing person, the Oscar-nominated filmmaker Ava DuVernay in a new Netflix six-episode scripted series centering around his adolescent life called Colin in Black and White. Now, what's cool about this is the series is going to focus on Kaepernick's formative high school years and it's going to lend a meaningful insight into the acts and experiences that led him to become the activist that he is today. He says, quote, too often we see race and black stories portrayed through a white lens. We seek to give new perspectives to differing realities that black people face. He says it's an honor to bring these stories to life in collaboration with Ava for the world to see. This is huge, 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 you guys. And Netflix doesn't have a release date for this, but they filmed this last year. So hopefully we're going to see this come to light on the platform at least before Christmas or even earlier in the fall. Oh, wow. You think I didn't it realize this was filmed that already. Fast. Wow. That's, um, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. Netflix has done a really good job in quarantine and just with, with the way the world is working now with bringing things that were on the shelf for a minute to light very quickly because people are eager and they have the time to really dive into these types of cinematic masterpieces in this content. So I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix unleashes this like soon and just gives us everything in a binge watch situation versus having it come out weekly because they have, they toyed with a release an episode one week, um, take a break, bring it back another week kind of scenario, kind of, uh, I, I would say model for content, but they should just give it all to us in all six episodes up front. Boom. There you go. You're welcome. Yes. Please just give us all six. I just want to binge it all. Um, and Ava DuVernay, last time she did a limited series was when they see us, right? Which got like 11. I mean, it got an insane yeah, amount of Emmy like nominations. It was, it was a fantastic, yeah. fantastic show. So I can imagine that this is going to be care- carefully curated and beautifully executed. And do we know who plays Colin Kaepernick? I know, like, I read Um, that his voice was going to be on it and that he was sort of loosely involved, but... Right, he's going to be narrating the show. We don't know who's going to play Cap, but back to Ava, great point. And also, Ava, I think her magic lies in these types of docuseries, these types of um, autobiographical or biographical um, situations, because we had A Wrinkle in Time, Selma, amazing movie, but 13 
when they see us on the Exonerated Five, some of her best words, some of her yeah. most compelling and most powerful work that really put her on the map has given her Emmy after Emmy. So with this, I think this is going to be masterfully done and it's going to be nuanced. We're not going to, I don't think they're going to leave any stone unturned. It's not going to be like a lifetime docuseries on Tony Braxton. You know, this is going to be something that's <laughs> um, But I think this is going to be done well. It's going to leave us wanting more. Much like the Aaron Hernandez docuseries that was like, oh. wow. Multiple, too. Wow. There were a couple of those. Right. This one's going to be in that vein. Wow. That, well, that is awesome. <clears throat> all right. What else we got, Jason? So COVID is claiming another relationship. And I'm not talking about this, but... <laughs> 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 I know. I'm wearing the violins. Who is it? <laughs> but uh, Ro- it's Ryan Seacrest. Well, he's been... Hasn't he's been with this person for a while now right four or five years something like that on and off with Shayna taylor who's a chef for eight years now on and off and it's interesting because in may of uh, may of this year on live with kelly and ryan he celebrated their on and off relationship but now they have called it quits and according to e he was seen in cabo with a new woman on a vacation completely present no cell phone no computer not working totally obsessed with her and now this is from reports from E, and there's pictures that have allegedly surfaced that corroborate this alleged claim that he's with somebody new. But hey, Ryan, he's living his best life. I mean, he's one of the hardest working men in entertainment. And his relationship has been something that's been questionable by many, like he was with Julianne Huff, that fizzled. Now he's been with this woman. But we've never ever really seen him have that Tom Cruise jumping on a couch Oprah moment about somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I mean, I think that's okay. I, I You know, I'm one of those people that. I'm really fine. You know, I think about those celebrities sometimes that are like very, very famous, but we actually don't know anything about their personal lives. And I, in a lot of ways, I think that is really, really, that's great. But coming from someone like Ryan Seacrest, who is on a show like with Kelly Ripa and Kelly is so completely open and transparent about her relationship yes. and yes. the struggles that they've gone through and then how well they're doing. And when, like when they have sex and all of these things and Kelly's so open about that. And Ryan has produced these shows from the Kardashians where like literally the entire basis of the show is like their struggles in relationships. Mm-hmm. And then you have someone mm-hmm. like Ryan Seacrest who is 51 or something now, I think. Who just uh, like, Ryan, No, whoa, Ryan's 45. Oh, <laughs> I was like, sorry, damn, Ryan, really? Ryan. Well, I just, I just think it's so funny that he has just so like been so notoriously private about all of this and the on and off again, whatever, as, as like Hollywood's most, you know, successful, eligible bachelor. I, I don't know. I just, I find it kind of interesting. Well, wow. And here's the thing though, too. I mean, um, James, I'm going to quote someone that we know very, very well. Um, and she says, when you reveal, you become relatable. However, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, um, however, the th- here's the thing about Ryan. Who is it? Who was that? I, nope. Voldemort. They, Damn it. And she's who shall not be named. Uh, but here's the thing. Ryan Seacrest, as you said, Kelly Ripa is so effusive and so open and so very, very giving of her life. And that makes her so relatable. Ryan Seacrest has never, ever been relatable to me at all. Yeah. And I wish that totally. I, um, when I when I watch Kelly and Ryan every day and when I watch them, I wish that Ryan would be like, oh, my gosh, after Chipotle, I fart or something that makes him a little bit human. But we've never got the private Ryan. I would love like a, a Ryan Seacrest sit down with Barbara Walters where he says, you know, oh, my gosh, I like double fist donuts or something 
Bella is like not that perfect, you know? Well, I mean, um, the I Chipotle mean, gas thing is probably why they broke up. I think you cracked it, Jason. We have lots more in our entertainment report. <laughs> um, especially one of my favorite hip-hop artists uh, was in a little bit of hot water uh, earlier this week. We're going to talk about that coming up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. James Q. Simmons guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson and it's always one of my favorite times of the week we're doing it a little bit early this week we have Jason Carter with us from Entertainment Tonight and the RuPaul's Drag Race the Young Turks all of the above and uh, we talked about Cap and Ava DuVernay's like scripted docu-series that's coming to Netflix in the last break as well as Poor Ryan Seacrest, our buddy, who has in a breakup, but maybe Poor already Ryan moved on to Seacrest. a different Poor relationship. Poor Ryan Seacrest. Poor oh, Ryan Seacrest. You're, just, you're just only so worth hard. $300 million. Your life is so hard. Hey, breakups are breakups, regardless of how rich you are. Mm, that's true. Uh, but someone who, uh, well, had kind of a notorious breakup a year and a half ago or so, but has moved on since then, and is one of my favorite people on Twitter and just in pop culture in general... Cardi B was in a little yes. bit of hot water with some folks earlier this week on Twitter. Jason, can you do you have the details? I have the I have the deets, man. Mercury retrograde is not helping Cardi B at all. <laughs> last week, last week, y'all, they said that she had a, a secret Instagram that she was throwing shade at some of the greats and rap like little Kim. And now this week, she's apparently allegedly a homophobe. Which let's in this right now, Cardi B is not a, a homophobe. But yeah. the story is the receipts are here. The receipts are this. She's mentioned and Love, Victor, the new Hulu series that, of course, is centered around uh, a young boy's coming of age and his struggles with his sexuality. And in the tweet, there was a tweet that went out that said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they mentioned Cardi. She's a, a homophobe. And Cardi clapped back instantly, which she should. And she goes on to be very, very candid about the LGBTQ plus people in her life. And the reason why this person said she was a homophobe because back in May of 2018, she was on a song with Rita Ora and some other artists called Girls, which really poked fun or people thought it poked fun at lesbianism, non gender nonconforming, things of that nature. So they pinned the homophobic title on Cardi a little unfairly, but she clapped back powerfully and says that, listen, just because I did this song, which I have apologized for, does not mean I'm a homophobe. My makeup team is full of LGBTQ plus people. My cousin on my dad's side is trans and my sister is LGBTQ plus. Know what you're talking about. And I'm glad she mm -hmm. came back and said those things because nowadays it's very easy for people to run with something and it be fat. No one, no one's fact checking. We're in such a hurry to cancel people. And Cardi is one of those polarizing artists right now that people either love or hate. There is no in between. So when people have the opportunity to hop on something that's negative and derogatory and, and in descent of Cardi, they're going to do that, which, which is a shame because Cardi is smart. She is woke. Listen to her talk about politics and you're like, wow. Right. Yeah. She, she really does seem to up, get right? it. And yeah, she does. And you know, it's even really interesting, even more than, than that. I feel like she kind of goes in a little bit. If you actually read some of the transcript of like what she says, she's like, yes, I see this firsthand, how difficult it has been for my family member who is trans mm -hmm. to deal with my family who is very transphobic. I see my other family members who are gay have to deal with my family. And she's like, I've been supporting them and with them from a firsthand standpoint for a really long time. I also have questioned my own sexuality mm -hmm. in the past yes. and why am I having these attractions to women? 
And so, you know, people, I know people like to bring up that Rita Ora song that Cardi B was on, but both have been very, very open and vocal about the fact that they have had sex, at very least sexual relationships. And Rita has talked about having a romantic relationship with other women. So yeah, the song was kind of tone deaf, but I also, I think people have to understand that sexuality is on a spectrum. And it is Rita Ora was singing about kissing that girl and like wine or whatever. It's because Rita Ora kisses girls. Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> like I'll, I'll take the mention. Option. I'll take any lesbian mention in a song. Of course, Cardi ended the tweet with saying, quote, before you make it cool to call me homophobic and transphobic, learn what those words mean and research my encouragement to the LGBT community before you mother efforts even knew who Cardi <laughs> was. And again, and clap, point yes. blank, period, done, fin, finito, ciao, au revoir. You know, it's like Cardi... I love that she's not afraid to one cuss and cuss unapologetically in her tweets because it really, you know, there's nothing, worse, there's yeah. nothing better than a good F word. And two, that she is so staunch in her experience and, and is unwavering and could care less about the backlash of speaking her truth. And there's something to be said about that. She doesn't mince words and she's like, okay, here's the deal. Either you like it or you don't. And we need more of that, especially when it's the truth, especially when she's defending the truth. Right? So Good for Cardi. That's why we love her. I mean, I, I'm a late Cardi B adopter. I didn't get into her until after I was like, whoa, she's a big deal. Because, I mean, I come from an era of time where rappers were, where female rappers were a different pedigree. So my naivete, shame on me. But now I'm a Cardi stand for life. And good for her for speaking the truth. Well, and speaking of that, I can't believe that Cardi B has said negative things about Lil' Kim. Because and I was stuck on that when you said that. I was like, wait, what? My... That's the Queen Bee right there. That's the original right, Beehive. Right. Why are you crapping exactly. on Lil' Kim? Right. And that was right. the whole controversy was that she, you know, I think it's this goes back to this whole thing about people trying to pit. There can only be one successful black female rapper. Why? Right? Like when, you know, the uh-huh. carbs and the barbs and everyone talk about. And yes, Cardi and Nikki have had a little bit of beef between each other. But it's been more about society trying to pit these two successful black rappers against each other because we can only have one successful black female. And then, of course, you have to hate on Lil' Kim, who was, you know, she took the reins from other folks who set the stage for her, but really, and Cardi's fake Instagram account, all this stuff. Cardi ain't got time for that. She ain't got time for that. hustling. Mm-hmm. She ain't got time for a fake Instagram account. People need to just get over themselves. We always love talking to you, Jason. We have to go and have a wonderful 4th of July weekend. And we will talk to you next week for more tea, as the kids say. Jason, it's always great having you. Yeah, uh, guys, it's always great being here. And I completely forgot the 4th of July was this weekend. Thanks for reminding me. I thought it was September already. I'll talk to you guys soon. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It is Wednesday, and that means it's time for the Gay MA. I am Allie Johnson. Happy to be here with you. Happy you are here with us as well. Please interact with us on our socials at all times at DTS Show. You can always... Chat with us, direct message us, anything that is on your mind. If you have gay MA questions for us or if you think we should be asking each other some questions, you can absolutely pitch them to us at DTS Show. And gay MA is something that we do regularly every Wednesday. Um, I'm Allie and James Simmons, nurse practitioner. We are here with you. And this is our chance to get to know each other a little better. Gay men, lesbian ladies, just... Swapping questions, opening up conversations to, uh, you know, either get rid of a stigma maybe that that exists within our communities or just to answer any burning questions that always have lingered about, hey, why do lesbians love motorcycles, et cetera, et cetera. Because sometimes those questions are there and you haven't always felt the most comfortable to have a lesbian or gay friend around to ask. So we do it on the air for you. 
Exactly. Very well said. So here's my question for you, James. I'm ready. When you, in your dating history, ran into somebody who was newly discovering their sexuality, Mm. was that a con or a pro for you? Because I think it's different for lesbians, where when I was dating a girl who, I mean, I think it got different as I got older, but when I was younger and there was this girl who was like, I don't know, I think I might want to explore. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> You're like, bingo. But, I, but then there's also, I, I don't know if that's that's equally viewed in the gay community or if it's like, ugh, I don't want to deal with this. Ooh. Well, there's lots of layers of this, right? So I feel like sexually there's one layer of this. And then there's the relationship dating sort of layer of this. And it also did change as I got older. So sexually, I never, I guess, minded. I never sought out anyone who was like, I'm newly out. Like, I don't know what this gay sex means. Let's, you know, and then like, I I was never like, I want to be the one to show you like whatever. <laughs> um, because. Uh, sometimes that's awkward and it's just not fun. And lots, sometimes there's lots of emotions with that. Right. And all of these things, it also never, it never prevented me from being sexual with someone either who was like, and this has actually happened a couple of times. They're like, you're the first dude I've ever been with. Um, but I, I also feel like, and you're like, yeah, I know I can tell. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, yeah, I know all, but also dudes aren't all that super complicated either. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we, we only Insert got here. It's pretty clear. We, we only got so much going on. Yeah. But the, when it did come to relationships, I was very big on like, you need to go. sow your wild oats, like you need to go do your thing. I am not. No, you're not in love with me. I'm, <laughs> I'm the second uh-huh. dude you've ever been with. Right. Like this is the sixth date that you've ever been with, with another man. I know like you, <laughs> it's, it's so much changes, but that happens so much. And I'm sure this is to some degree the same with lesbians, right? But there's so many gay men who are in their 20s and 30s who have to relive their adolescence, where most heterosexual people learned how yeah. to date, learned what they mm-hmm. like, learned what they don't like, learned how you to, have to you learn know. it all over again. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So then when you come out as gay, you're like, oh, well, okay, so you might be 31, but you're actually like 14 in dating years. And, and the maturation process of that, I think, is a lot faster when you're 31, obviously, than when you're 14. But I was never trying to mess around with anyone who was like, I just came out. Like, this is my first relationship. Nope, nope. That was a red flag for me, for sure. Wow. See, for me, it was not like that. And I don't know if... I, I, now I'm curious to see what other queer women think about it because when I was dating if I was dating somebody and then they'd be like I've never been with a girl before I'd be like that's hot (laughs) (laughs) score bingo yeah and I'd be like cool but hot sexually and relationship wise like did that make me want to be in a relationship really yes (laughs) I don't know I would be like all right, cool I got one and I I don't know there my another friend of mine Lauren Flans who's been who's guest hosted here on drop the subject before she always ends up dating or being attracted to straight girls and i don't Mm. know what if it if it's if there's some kind of a sexual thing there to be like oh yeah this girl was straight but now she's gay or now she's like curious and i'm the person who's (laughs) 
helping with that. Helped her get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I've never had a girlfriend before, but I want you to meet my be my girlfriend. I don't know what it is, but there's this sense of yes, I, I, I am that person's first, and there's a sense of weird sexual and relationship accomplishment that comes with that, at sure. least for me. So then to hear you say, which I. I, I just in completely generalization terms when it comes to relationships, many people think that men are more immature in relationships than women are. So for you as a man to be like, no, I don't want to deal with that. That's relationship drama is really interesting. To ha- and then that the woman is like, no, I want the relationship I want, drama. I want the, right. I want the first one. Well, there definitely is something to, and I don't want mean to generalize. There are lots of people who are gay who get in relationships early on in their lives and they're very, very happy with them. And that's, that's how they are. But I just, I grew up in the like nineties and two, 2000s and mostly Chicago, a little bit of New York gay scene. And so it was like, no, there was no, you needed to go out and do your thing and party and maybe sleep around and maybe experience different things and learn if you like leather and do you like bears and do you like both and like, well, whatever, like go to some circuit parties, like do your thing. And then when you're like, okay, now I'm actually looking for a relationship. And I was not trying to like fall in love with a 23 year old who then was going to resent not getting a chance to do all of that stuff. Like, no, no, no. Hmm. Interesting. Well, my wife is the first, I'm the first girl that she's ever been with. So I was, I guess I never really gave her that circuit party phase. <laughs> but Mission accomplished. I guess. Yeah, I got her. Um, we'll be right back with more drop the subject. Who came out in June? A lot of people came out and we will ra- do a little roundup of all of the closet it's closet watch, but it's walk walk in closet watch. We'll get to that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. You know, we decided here. Today is July 1st. We're just going to extend Pride Month just a little bit. Well, get your pictures and video is in of how you are celebrating Pride this month. Use and we will give you a lawn sign. Channel, wait, no, we're not doing That's that. Over. It's That's over. It's over. It's done. We're not doing that anymore. But we are doing a special edition of Yes, there are so many people that came out. Yeah, well, there are. And I love this quote uh, from recently out pro snowboarder Jake Kuzik in the latest edition of Torment magazine, which is apparently a big snowboarder skating magazine, uh, who says, because it's pride and some of us are sharing our stories, I'm gay and I'm talking about it. Well, there you go, Boo. And he joined a long list of folks who really took this opportunity this past Pride Month to come out and share their stories, including another pro snowboarder. And so we think these are the first two pro snowboarders to come out. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone thinks they're hooking up. (laughs) They probably do now. They're like, oh, (laughs) these guys are boyfriends now. So (laughs) you, bro? Yeah, you and me, bro. You You want to go do it, bro? Yeah. Um, no, that's the generalization. So, yes, there are a lot of people that are coming out. It's Closet Watch, but it's a walk-in closet because there are so many people that we are welcoming to the LGBTQ plus community this month. Tanner Pendleton is another guy who is a professional uh, snowboarder, and he's also a filmmaker. And this is what he said, because I think it's always really great and interesting when people are coming out in in the sports world, especially with these sports that are like super bro-y, like snowboarding and skateboarding. Right. He said, the narrative in action sports tends to be, it's okay to be queer as long as you rip and present as masculine. But he said he wants more stories to move toward, it's okay to be queer because it's okay to be queer. 
And he wanted to share his story to move the community in that direction. I think that if you let gay, I mean, if you, if you let Tanner Pendleton really let his queer flag fly, it could really change snowboarding. I mean, imagine the different tricks that he could do. <laughs> if he really did let his queer flag fly. <laughs> and he did an indie nose grab ollie with a wrist flick. Incredible. Wh- what? <laughs> I don't I don't speaketh what you talk about. I do as a basketball fan, however, speaking of of uh, uh sports folks coming out though, Chilean basketball player Daniel Arcos uh came out pretty early on in the in the month in an Instagram post that was actually super, super emotional. Um and it was really fantastic. He is thought to be well, the first Chilean basketball player to to fully come out. Some have come out since they retired. Um and people don't realize how big of a sport basketball is in certain in other countries besides United States. And so for for a pro Chilean basketball player to come out um, who is still actively playing is a really, really big deal. Yeah. And then we've got another uh, professional soccer player who just came out. Apparently, he's the third male professional player in British sports history to come out. And Thomas Beattie is his name. And he... (laughs) Uh, uh, he said, I never thought about coming out whilst playing. I whilst literally playing. Felt, <laughs> whilst playing. <laughs> I literally felt like I had to sacrifice one of the two, who I am or the sport that I loved. So anyway, he goes on and says that. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone who is British sounds like they're from Downton Abbey and they're, they're related to royalty. I wanted to dribble balls separately, but now they are one and the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Taylor Schilling has been long rumored to be, I mean, she's never really said I'm out or I'm queer or anything. But of course, she plays the main role in Orange is the New Black or played the new role. I don't know if that show's still on, but I always watched it because we always had to see how uh, her and Alex were doing. My wife is very obsessed with their relationship. Anyway, Taylor Schilling's girlfriend over Pride Weekend posted a picture of the two of them. Her girlfriend is Emily Ritz. And again, I don't think she's ever really denied this, but she's never really spoken about it. And on Emily's mm. Instagram, she posted a picture of the two embracing on a foggy cliff. And she said, oh. I couldn't be more proud to be by your side at Taylor Schilling. Happy Pride. So it's nice to see some people more out that were not Previously out, Cara Delevingne is more out than she was, which is an I, interesting it's thing. It's like, I don't need, can you come more out? A lot of people, <laughs> you know, who love the show Doctor Who, whoa, like people love that show, right? Pearl Mackey, um, who is a 33-year-old TV film and stage actor. Uh, she actually played a lesbian character um, on Doctor Who in the 10th season back in 2017. She actually officially came out herself this, this month. Proud to be bisexual, proud to be black proud of all my lgbtq plus brothers and sisters and everyone in between oh yay well welcome 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 we will take everybody and obviously we love talking about this because we're giving everyone a voice and as those voices get louder and louder we love to share them with you when we come back what do we have on deck oh yes it's a game what year is it it's a history lesson coming up. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. It is the final hour we are here with you today. Thank you for checking us out. If you missed anything, you have missed quite a bit. We've missed appearances by broads and blokes, and we urge you to get caught up on the podcast. 
If you just search Drop the Subject wherever you find your podcast, preferably radio.com. Okay, now let's play a game. It is time to have a little bit of fun. People are not feeling very patriotic this 4th of July, but we are going to try and take back our patriotism. Just because you're patriotic doesn't mean you're a crazy right-wing wingnut, okay? So this is a game that we've played before called What Year Is It? Usually we just do a generic, oh, you know, we'll tell you what happened in that year and you have to guess what year it is. But we're going to do a little bit of a history version, an American history version, so that we can have some fun and learn a thing or two. Merka, we love you, and we want to just make sure that we're honoring you in the right way, you know, yeah. before 4th of July. America, get your S together. <laughs> Please. Like, Please. Like, enmediatamente is the word in Spanish for, like, like more immediately than immediately. Like, now. Yeah, yes. Like, now. <laughs> like, a hundred years ago. Right. So... We're going to talk about some of the better things that happened in American history with what year is it? And James, you are usually really good at this game. If I gave you one song, like I want it that way, you'll know what year it came out. You'll know what else happened that year. You know a lot about. So, but now I wonder how you're going to do with American history. I assume you're still going to do much better than I did, but we will find out. What year is it begins now? And here is your first one, James. I am ready. Okay. This is the year that the Battle of Gettysburg happened. It is also the year that Abraham Lincoln declared Thanksgiving a federal holiday. And it's also the year where England's Football Association was established. Very first soccer slash football association was created in eight. It, okay, what what year is it? Uh, <laughs> I almost gave it away. Get, <laughs> right, Gettysburg was. That's the one. That's the clue I have to go off of. Gettysburg was probably eighteen sixty-three. You're right. Yes. <laughs> 1863, it was the same year of the Emancipation Proclamation, and it was the same year as the New York City draft riots. Oh, yes. Yeah. The good old draft riots. Yeah, the good good old draft riots. Um, So there's that, 1863. Good job. Uh, See, I would have gotten Emancipation Proclamation, but I didn't know Battle of Gettysburg happened in the same time. It happened in July of 1863. All right, here's your next one. The 19th Amendment just passed. Oh, boy. The word robot was first used in this year. The biggest hit movie was a movie called Way Down East and Over the Hill to the Poor House. (laughs) Way Down East and Over the Hill to the Poor House. Okay. Correct. And, oh, I hesitate to give you this last clue because I think it'll help you zero in. I'm not going to tell you what the 19th Amendment is. I'm making it harder for you. But during Prohibition in the U.S., an exemption was made in this year for whiskey prescribed by a doctor and sold through a pharmacy. That's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah. Prescription whiskey. 19. Okay, so the movie Clue did give it away that not, not not the specific year, but just like the type of movie. Right? Like you... Okay, so prohibition. 
So you're telling me that the movie Way Down East and Over the Hill to the Poor House helped you? Well, they didn't call... Poor houses were a very specific thing uh-huh. that were like Depression era and like post-World War One and like all of these things. So like poor house, the vernacular of the word poor house puts this somewhere between 1920 and 1940. Oh. Um, you strategize. I don't strategize. Yeah. So I just I, pick a year out of the blue. I <laughs> I feel like, but I can see, I can't remember because Prohibition was kind of a weirdo. It, it wasn't as like hard and fast as people think it was. I feel like this is roaring 20s late though. Like I'm going to say 1927. Mm-hmm. And do you know what the 19th Amendment is? Uh, is that suffrage? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so then that <laughs> makes me think maybe 1924. Okay. You are close, but no cigar. It is oh. 1920. I actually oh. knew that 1920 was the year that women were given the right to vote. Man, I would have sworn that that women's suffrage movement ended with the uh, 19th Amendment 1924. I was Maybe I was one term. I was a presidential mm-hmm. term off or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Loser. Loser. We move Loser. on. So you've had the right to vote for 100 years, Allie. Congratulations. Thank you. That yeah, I didn't think about that. It yeah. is our women's voting birthday. It is. It is. Way to so go, So many America. birthdays. Uh, those are celebrity to birthdays for you. You don't usually hear those on the radio. On this station, at least. Here's your final one. Yes. You're one for one. Uh-huh. The Montgomery bus boycott. Ooh. Uh-huh. Happened in this year. Mm-hmm. Boy- boycott off, obviously, born after Rosa Parks was arrested for refusing to give up her seat on a bus in Montgomery. Uh-huh. Big movies included Lady and the Tramp. <gasps> and Cinerama Holiday. <laughs> Wait, Who? Cinerama Holiday. That is another <laughs> famous movie. Cinerama Holiday. The microwave oven was introduced to the public. And the TV remote was invented by a man named Eugene Polly. TV remote, microwave oven. <sighs> the bus boycott was, was early. Lady and the Tramp was definitely early. Lady early in the, the, we're talking the, the animated Disney movie, right? Lady and the Tramp. So yes, not the not the actual. What, what did you think it was? Like a Charlie Chaplin movie, right? On her? No, it's the Broad. The, didn't the Broad start? Wasn't she the first Tramp? I'm kidding. <laughs> or the first Lady? Okay, so but Montgomery bus boycott. Ooh, so we're fifties. We're like mid to late fifties. Uh, 50, I don't know. I'm going to split Need the a year. 55, 1955. You're right! Yeah! You're right! Yes! Oh, oh we turned the tables. James has two right. I, if I can do better than that, maybe I can redeem myself. What year is it? Continues next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. It's game time here, folks. I'm Allie Johnson. She's James Simmons. And listen, I completely dominate at games on this show. I just, I just, I don't know what it is. I'm just that, I'm like the goat. I'm like the goat of drop the subject games, Allie. How does that feel? Uh, It doesn't feel great, James. You know, this is like you're interviewing me after I came in second 
and uh, which a, I think I'm about to. <laughs> after a lifetime of training, it's like when you interview the person who gets fourth place at the Olympics. It's like the yeah, worst. They're like, yeah. Well, you know, I worked my whole life for this, Jack, and uh, definitely <laughs> disappointing day, but... The good but, thing is that I'm too old to compete next year. <laughs> right. The good thing is that these are my last Olympics. Okay. These are not your last Olympics. We are, if you missed in the last chunk of time that we got to speak with you, we are playing my favorite game on Drop the Subject. What year is it? And it is a special 4th of July slash U.S. history slash Merca edition. And in the previous segment, I went two for one guessing the years of what years did I guess 1863 and 1955 I missed 1920 right now it's Allie's turn I have three years that she will guess I will give her clues she will decide what year is it Allie Johnson are you ready ready the Society for Human Rights was founded in this year in Chicago it's the first documented gay rights organization. What? Also in this year, the big movies included The Thief of Baghdad, Sherlock Jr. Oh, and come on. Greed. And uh-huh. what? And Greed. Okay, I was like, Creed would have helped me. But. <laughs> Creed. Um, the Toastmasters. The, you know, Don't. the speaking organization was founded in Santa Ana this year. That's and. Th- in this year, it was the invention of the Caesar salad. Okay, you know what? This is way too difficult. I gave you Getty's <laughs> Battle of Gettysburg. And what this, was the big historic? The, the formation of what? Uh, the Society for Human Rights was founded by Henry Gerber in Chicago in this year. Toastmasters Club was founded. The <laughs> okay, invention right. of the Caesar salad. Also, Alvin Shipwreck Kelly sat on a flagpole what? for just over 13 hours. Creating one of the first pop culture fads, flagpole sitting. (laughs) Allie, what year is it? Well, that is the gayest thing I've ever heard on this station. Um, (laughs) And this station is real gay. Yeah, it's real gay. Jeez, I think the only thing that helps me there is the Caesar salad. Um, Uh Okay, I'm going to go with... 60s because I think people were very activated in the 60s gay rights Stonewall was happening so I would imagine a group for human rights would be formed in Chicago during that time I also feel like Caesar salads might have been uh, that sounds like a 60s thing where they're like let's put anchovies and mayonnaise together uh-huh. Um. So, but I don't know any of the other information. I never heard about the pop culture trend of flag sitting. So I'm going to go 1963. Allie Johnson, you Am I right? are way off. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the wrong decade or the wrong century? No, you, you did get in the right century. Uh, you're <laughs> about 40 years off, though. 1924. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. um, uh, People okay. have been eating Caesar salads since 1924. 1924, yes. Uh, okay, number two. In this year, this was the top song. <gasps> okay, okay. Okay, so that's pretty good. That should help you a little bit, right? You uh-huh. should. That should be some. Uh, the big movies included Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Midnight Cowboy, and Valley of the Dolls. Valley of the Dolls. See, uh-huh. I thought that would that would have been early '60s. Then. Uh huh. 
Um, and a very, very famous incident happened on this year. San Francisco Giants manager Alvin Dark joked, they'll put a man on the moon before pitcher Gaylord Perry hits a home run. And on July 20th of this year, less than an hour after Neil Armstrong's historic moonwalk, Perry hit his first ever home run. Wow. Okay, so this was the year the moon land happened. What year was it? Oh my God, that... I feel like that's a 60s, that's mid-60s, 60s. You know what? I'm going to go just because it's sexual. I'm going to go 69. Congratulations, Allie. You did it. You got yeah! one. The other big thing <laughs> that happened in 69, obviously, was the Stonewall riots. Hello. Yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't tell you that one. Okay, very last, but certainly not least, just we have a, we have a few moments left. In this year, officially called the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, This historic gathering took place on August 28th of this year, where there was a record 250,000 people gathered at the Lincoln Memorial to watch Martin Luther King give a very famous speech. The top song was Sugar Shack by Jimmy Gilmore and the Fireballs. Big movies included Cleopatra, Dr. No, and It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Oh, Frank Sinatra's son was kidnapped... And Sinatra ended up paying $240,000 in ransom, remember? And then his son was safely returned, and he got most of the money back. And last but certainly not least, it was the year that the drug Valium was released to the market. (laughs) Wow, what a great year. All right, Allie Johnson, Um, what year is it? Okay, this was the I Have a Dream speech? For the tie, Allie. Yes, okay. Yes, uh, the I have the year of the I have a dream speech. Oh my god! Oh god! I For think it was nineteen. Oh, when was? Oh Lord! This is nineteen. Nineteen fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. Final answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no. Sixty-three. August twenty eighth, nineteen sixty-three. But I was like, I don't know if he got shot in sixty-three or if that. Oh, uh, yep. Oh. Sure. Yep. Good job. I win. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. All right, Drop the Subject listeners, you're welcome. I completely dominated another edition of What Year Is It? But now it is time. (laughs) Completely, just like completely dominated. Two, two, uh, hey, a win is a win, Allie. Is that what the kids say, right? A win is a win. That's true. Uh Uh-huh. But now it is Allie Johnson's turn to partially redeem herself by giving you Three interesting stories from headlines that I have picked. She is going to decide what we news and what we lose. Allie Johnson, are you ready? Mm, maybe, maybe try that again. Sorry, maybe a little better. All right. Uh, headline number one. Karen... Who shamed barista once cut of his $100,000 raised because of her horrible behavior. You know, I do want to talk about this because the fact that this guy was able to raise this much money is, uh, yeah, I have thoughts on that. It's like crazy town. Right. Um, The flying paradise tree snake wriggles its body for stability, says researchers. 
I'm going to say no to a snake story, even though I love snakes and I used to have one. His name was Chandler, but I don't, (laughs) I don't, I think I'm going to pass on it just because I've seen this video and, and, uh, I think it's a visual thing. It it is a visual thing. I just, the, the, I didn't know that you loved snakes. I think I do love snakes. The most terrifying thing I have ever seen in my entire life that these snakes <laughs> fly through the air yeah. and they're able to stabilize themselves by looking even scarier <laughs> by wriggling their bodies as they're flying through the air. How in the F do snakes fly? Yeah, I flying can't. snakes is definitely something 2020 did not need. When we play <laughs> What Year Is It in 2050? Right. Unless the flying snakes are... Taking on the murder hornets, right? Like if their job is to Battling, like go yeah. to battle the battle the murder hornets. Ah, yeah, yeah. Country Garden opens restaurant operated completely by robots. Ooh, you know I love a good robot story. I will news it. News it. Well, uh, wasn't that the word? Um, wasn't the word uh, robot created in one of the years that I had to guess? I think the one I got wrong. Anyway. Yes, robot I mean, was the yes. I, don't I mean, get always wrong, bird so. is the word, but yes, robot was the word there. Right. Yes, yes, <clears throat> robot uh, on the game that I won. Just as a reminder, so Shundei, okay. which is a city in China's Guangdong province, has eliminated almost all human-to-human contact by opening a restaurant that is run completely by robots. This is insane looking. Now, the humans are in the restaurant, Allie, and there's little, So they're like, sitting. Yeah, well, it's kind of halfway what you think it is. It's not as if the robot, like, comes up to your table, takes your order, goes back to the kitchen, gives it to the kitchen, you know, staff who makes your food, and then they bring it out, etc. There's a bunch of robots running around. Well, they're not running. <laughs> Whatever robots do. They sc- I think they, they scoot and they roll, yeah. They, they row around. They robots roll. row around. No. Uh, it's a big restaurant. It's like two thousand square meters, and it's like it's like it's got these twenty different robots that have a different variety of dishes uh, for kind of like whatever you want, and you get to pick what you want from the menu, and then whatever robot has that thing shimmies up to your like table. Okay. And then it's got a little like a like a like a little hot box in its stomach. Yeah, and it'll like open like Rose like, like Rosa from the Jetsons. Yeah, whatever. Yes, Rosie. Very, and they actually don't look entirely dissimilar to her. Really? Do they're, they have a little doily of, on? They're sort of round. <laughs> no doily. Um, and they they certainly well I don't know, but I doubt they have her sense of humor, which is very good. Uh, but they, it's, it's actually kind of an interesting concept. Um, and I think it might be one of the ways that a lot of people feel more comfortable. Their tables are also physically distant from each other, except for the picture that they show of the example of these robots. Everyone's standing on next to each other. (laughs) (laughs) What what are you guys Kind of besides the point. But, um, I, I hope that this takes off and I would like to see the robots take on more personable waiter and wait staff like qualities you know like i want the the robot wait staff to make the same corny jokes that they make at the outback steakhouse i want them to sit down in the booth with me uh-huh. i want them to uh right, be, have some you know, flair spill yeah <laughs> flair i want them to spill my water just a little bit uh oops sorry about that you know, you know. i want all the robots to clap when a chef break you know breaks a glass right. or a plate Opa. yeah right. i want exactly. robot hooters yeah, the robot hooters. All right. So Karen, 
Another Karen. We talked about Karens earlier in the show. This person was kind of actually a Karen. So she went to Starbucks and was refused service because she would refu- she refused to put on a mask. So the gentleman, she then took a picture and a video of the gentleman who refused to serve her at Starbucks because she would not wear a mask. She then posted this on her Facebook and said, meet Lennon from Starbucks who refused to serve me because I'm not wearing a mask. Next time I will wait for cops and bring a medical exemption. Well, her plan backfired on her because she tagged Lennon Gutierrez or at least put his name in this picture and someone set up a GoFundMe for this guy as like a tip jar, if you will. And that tip jar is now up to more than a hundred thousand dollars. And now this woman, whose name is Amberlyn Giles, a self-proclaimed anti-vaxxer. Amberlyn? Amberlyn wants a cut of her $100,000. She also has equated all of this to devil, uh, the, the mark of the beast, devil oh, sim- no. uh, symbology, and um, yeah, some kind of really weird conspiracy oh. things. And this is very Karen, Karen-y, though, to put it on Facebook, to tag him, and then to want a cut of the money, and to, and to say, I'm going to wait for the police so that they can give me my medical exam. Like, that is very Karen-y type stuff. But I also am not sure, like, getting $100,000, like, is this the guy who needs $100,000? I don't, well, people are like you. You're helping save America by by re- encouraging people to wear masks and blah blah blah. Yeah, I, but I'm not, I mean, maybe he need, can use this to go to college. Maybe he can donate it to something. Yeah, I think that's maybe <laughs> a good idea. I don't know. Happy endings are next. We'll be back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for hanging out. I'm your mom. It's been great. You know, we've learned some things today. We've had some fun as well. We've made a now, few have you jokes. done your homework, though? <laughs> yeah, do your homework. Mm-hmm. Um, listen listen th- to your mother. Listen to your mom, all right? She knows best. Uh, okay, we're going to stop with the voices. It dropped the subject. It's Allie and James. And unfortunately, or maybe now you're thinking, fortunately, it's time for us to go. <laughs> Like, but thank God. We have this weird people have been doing voices all show long. My God. Hey, we just miss each other. It's been a while. Yeah. We've talked about a lot on the show today. We've talked about how the term and the meme of Karen is changing. Maybe not for the better. We've talked about some of the travel trends for 4th of July, which, hey, are probably going to go away very soon. We talked to Jason Carter about Cardi B and Ava DuVernay and Ryan Seacrest. We've done the gay MA, we've done a walk-in closet lo- uh, closet watch, and we've also done What Year Is It? America, America edition. We also have some fun stuff planned for you for tomorrow leading up to July 4th, but right now it is time for us to tie everything up in a little tiny bow with some happy endings, which means that, you know, of all the bad and sad and bummer things that we covered on the show today, we turn them into a positive and we give you a silver lining for the rest of your day. James, do you have a happy ending there? Oh boy, do I ever. I may have suffered deep partial thickness burns on 50% <laughs> of my right arm. Oh. But it did lead us to learning how to not let your bike beat the crap out of you by Nurse Emma. <laughs> True. <laughs> Which was also mm-hmm. a fantastic and very funny story and always good to hear from Nurse Emma. You know, 
yes, getting an injury is always bad, but it's always kind of fun than swapping injury stories with other people. That is uh-huh. always that is always kind of a nice thing. Yes. Here is my happy ending. Earlier in the show, when we played What Year Is It?, both of us got a couple of questions wrong. <laughs> the man got the woman's suffrage question wrong, and the white lady got the MLK question wrong, which can be seen as embarrassing. This is happy? This is... No, hold on. Okay. But at least me gabbing on about my cat's birthday today means that dog lovers will not forget my cat's birthday, and that means something. And... Wait. No. No. There's no... No, no, no. I mean, good try. Uh Okay. Good try. Mm -hmm. Good Mm -hmm. try. I at least knew what the 19th Amendment was. True. You did know that 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 it was I have a dream speech. Right. Right. (laughs) Which is like the one thing we're taught in school. Hey, there's this one great black guy who gave this one speech. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. Um, Okay. The Black History Week is over. Uh, It's over. Week. You mean half hour. Black Black History Half Hour is over. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Excellent Um, happy ending. Yes. (laughs) After you, after bashing it for 30 seconds, thank you for complimenting my happy ending. All right. You know know what? I'm out of ideas. We got to go. Tomorrow, we're going to do some fun stuff. We're going to play Name That Tune. Name That Patriotic Tune. It's going to be harder than it seems. Um, So we're going to do that and get you into an incredible 4th of July weekend where hopefully you're going to be happy and safe. If you missed anything, catch up on the podcast by downloading Drop the Subject. Search Drop the Subject wherever you find your podcast, hopefully radio.com. You can always listen to the rest of the station at any time from home by saying, hey, Alexa, play Channel Q on radio.com. We will see you manana. Goodbye. On the, ne- on the next, drop the subject. On the next show, it's time for liberals to take back their patriotism. That's right. Loving America isn't just for conservatives, so we'll play a new game called Name That Patriotic Tune. Can you name the American classics? Ew. Um, um, party in the oh, USA? Shares believe? Mm, maybe we need to refresh our memory on patriotism. Oh, memory from cats. Oh, that's a good one. American Idiot from Green Day. Oh, this will be fun. Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific. 1 to 4 Eastern on Channel Q.